As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 307, and this week we're going to be doing two movies that are very different from one another, (laughs) but it's kind of like a grab bag week for us. We just wanted to watch two very different movies. Two movies, though, that were given to us, though, as gifts, though, so that is what they do have in common. So this week we're going to be doing The Burbs from 1989 and... Countdown from 2019. Perfect. So this week we uh, we got a couple of different movies. Now, Countdown was a recent movie that you guys may remember it was about the like cell phone and stuff like that. It's a little bit more of a modern rule set horror movie that we're we pretty much wanted to give a second viewing because the first time we watched it, we actually really liked it and a lot of people really hated it. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into it more. So it's one of those movies that like I think is a little outdated for some people. And it may not be for everybody, you know, it's but it's very pre COVID. Yeah, it is very much, <laughs> uh, which doesn't it's, it's as modern as it is, too, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. But a lot of the modern horror stuff that we've been getting isn't really that good. The like technological horror, because right. I don't think it really pushes the boundaries as much. It kind of follows like this certain pattern. It's not like. Cronenberg, where he like essentially made the internet in his movie. You know what I mean? Before the internet. Yeah. On Videodrome, they like say a line that's like, well, each of us will have our own uh, fake names in this world. You know, it's like, wait a second. What? It's true. (laughs) I know. He like was like that, you know, crazy deep about stuff. And, you know, that other thing that he wrote for the new movie, the um, Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future is also very foretelling that he wrote back in the 80s as well. But in the same regard, we were having issues with the climate and the, and the uh, plastic problem that we were having back then that we're having now. Right. And I liked, I liked how he did that in that movie, the plastic and how right, yeah, our yeah. bodies are adapting and they are. But I don't want to get too far into it for those of whom haven't seen it, but just know that there's some technological biological scientific type shit Cronenberg is very very into and you should watch that crimes of the future because it's on Hulu if you have it oh is it okay yes it is I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of it but you know it wasn't I think I just had too high hopes it's just interesting oh that's so good yeah I think it's interesting for sure Mm -hmm. it's just um I don't know. You know, I like wild bat shit, crazy fucking stuff. So it's kind of hard to uh, get all of that. You know, that's why there's very few movies that will like really get a 10 out of, you know. Right. And definitely I 
I don't know if I've never given video drum a 10, then it's a 10 for me. So mm -hmm. it's like everywhere in my fucking room. Speaking of which, speaking of video drum, we do have a sponsor that uh, is helping us out and uh, we're actually helping each other. We're co co-mingling with each other's help. And this is something you guys might be able to take a part in. If you haven't seen one of my most recent videos about Movie Palette, Movie Palette is a company that does a canvas print of movies that you, you know, are your favorite movies, basically. And what they do is they take every scene and break it down to a single color scheme in that scene. So if there's a lot of reds in that scene, you're going to see red on that on that slice of this chronological sort of palette, which it goes from left to right. And it has every single scene in the movie from left to right all the way in it. I will post a picture in this episode if you want to see it. But the the really cool thing is that I got a copy of Videodrome. Of course. Because they asked me what, you know, what was one of my favorite movies? And I said Videodrome. So they sent us out a copy of the, the canvas print that's like a 30 by 12 inch print which is really cool looking it's a great option if you're like really into movies because we're like really into movies but i don't like movie posters right in like the main room she thinks they're a little gaudy you yeah know? so this is actually a really great option to have that movie element in your interior design without it being like you know, a framed. Yeah, it's poster. artistic looking, yeah, but yeah. like in a very scientific, you know, like artistic way. You yeah, know? and if someone asks too, it's an interesting conversation. Right. Then, you know, you could just explain what you just did. You know, this is also something that uh, they're doing to help us out because a portion of the money that goes to buy these, so if you buy one through us, it goes to help us out. They're going to chip us in a little bit, and then they get a little bit, obviously, too. And right now, they're having a sale for early Black Friday, so if you want to jump in on it, it's 50% off their canvases right now. You can also get an additional 15% off if you use our code VOID15. So check it out. If you're looking for a last minute gift, maybe for somebody for the holidays, this is also a really good idea. You can create your own for a little bit more. They have like a section on the front that you can pick a movie and then they'll go in and then actually take every scene and break it down into a movie palette that's unique for you. And it could be any movie that you want. Mm hmm. So, yeah, think about that. If you want to help us out here on the podcast, you know, any support really does go a long way to help out. But, yeah, check it out, guys. I'll put everything in the episode links down below and in the episode link, period. So, but, yeah, so how's your week going, Christina? What's going on with you? Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we got the turkey set up here behind me on my I got, I made videos. It, I, <laughs> I made our inflatable turkey yeah. again this year. Dude, guys, I got to tell you a story, okay? <laughs> So Christina like fucking wanted to put in a fucking like it's been a joke like don't breathe the movie don't breathe which I recently just had a run in with a friend who I probably thinks I'm stupid right now because <laughs> they were making a joke and I didn't play along with them mm -hmm. so I pretended like I didn't know what they were talking about but anyway in don't breathe there's a there's a turkey baster scene that is pretty disgusting and ever since we started this podcast the turkey baster thing has been a joke like i think we did a turkey baster i did a turkey baster christmas tree right 
one and year. she wanted to put turkey basters hanging behind me in my video set. And I was like, no, it's related. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. I don't and, give a shit. And it's horror movie related. I don't care. It is, theme. it is it's the not theme. no it is not that related I don't care I think it's a marvelous She was even going to put hair on the ends no, just I for wasn't <laughs> They was would not. they would just That's drip disgusting. they would just drip occasionally you know behind me oh my so God. the floor would be in the and the and Stop the... this too much <laughs> So I told her no so she put a turkey baster in, in the, the turkey in the arm of an inflatable turkey yeah. with little tiny bales of hay next to me so if you're watching the TV, or if you're watching one of my YouTube videos or streams, you'll notice in the right-hand side, there's the turkey there, and you might even see the baster. Yeah, you better with, check it out soon, because it'll be gone yeah, next just, week. Just a little hairy tip on the top Stop. there. <laughs> anyway, what? It's gross. I mean, oh, oh, it's not gross that, we are, that you're glorifying the turkey baster? Alex, you use turkey basters on Thanksgiving? To, to do the right. turkey. And what did they use it for in Don't Breathe? Yeah, Christina? I know. But again, it's it's a double thing, a double, you know, meeting, okay? Yeah, I get it, but it's, I'm, it matches the holiday. Don't tell me I'm being ho- distasteful if you're being completely <laughs> distasteful. So You don't have to talk about it, Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? What's the point? <laughs> anyway, so other than that, I've been watching. I watched a show without you, by the way. Oh I just, my god! What'd I had watch? to jump into it. So there's this little period when I go to sleep. I'll fall asleep between like nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night, until like eleven or twelve. I'll take a two hour nap, and then I wake up fully rejuvenated. And after that, I've been watching this show on Netflix called 1899, which is one of those really slow, what the fuck is going on kind of shows. Mm-hmm. That they don't tell you anything that's going on, and you kind of have to piece it together as you're going along. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's like taking place in 1889 or 1899, um, when one of these steamboats, this huge sort of like vessel that people go on to travel from country to country, mostly to come to the United States. One of them got lost at sea, and another one was a duplicate was bought and goes back out to sea, and they bump into it. And then it's like this mystery of what's going on. But there's a lot of really wild shit that happens in the show that doesn't really make sense for the time frame that it's in. Is it like a Bermuda Triangle type thing? Kind of, yeah. They haven't really, I haven't seen much of that lately. There's like, um, let's just say there is weird stuff in it. Like I think in the trailer they even show like a black uh, pyramid Mm -hmm. in the middle of the, the like Arctic uh-huh. Because, like, this is, like, during a, you know... A like freeze, the winter, the winter. Winter's coming. Or they're just north enough, I guess. I don't know. Do you like the show? Yeah, I was expecting it to go a little bit faster, but I'm only on, like, the sixth episode now, so I have two more left. It has picked up the pace at about the five, fifth or sixth episode, so it's one of those shows, guys, that you're not going to find shit out until... You know, probably the seventh or eighth episode. But if you don't mind spending seven or eight hours, you know, watching a TV show that's kind of mysterious and really well shot and kind of time like the the, the time period is pretty spot on and everything like that. A lot of very diverse characters with some sci fi elements thrown in. There's some weird shit going on. It's not horror per se. It is very psychological like mm-hmm. horror sci-fi 
So I don't know. It's pretty cool. A lot of people That's really good. like it. They do the thing that they did with like other shows where they are doing a period piece, but they'll add like songs from like the seventies and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the right. end of the episode to kind of like make it memorable. Right. You know how they always do that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what HBO show was it that they did that? Well, they, they did it in Westworld, but they oh, did it through the piano, yeah. like the, the old timey piano. Right. Well, at the, at the end of the episode, though. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was either. I I was thinking about the fear that show, the other show that's in the Arctic and they're on a boat. I don't know what that is either. It's like supposedly Lovecrafty and I couldn't stick around. I didn't stick around for the whole thing on that. Oh, is that an old show? Fear? No, it's within the last three, four years. And I think they had a couple seasons. I just never followed through with them. I I don't think. Well, well, I started watching season five of the crown without you. So, you know, there you go. Very, very horror-filled <laughs> themes that we have going on here. <laughs> I mean, I typically watch nothing but horror, but, you know, this is just one of those things that I'm like, I am I know that I'm either going to be away. I fall asleep through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I don't try to treat it too seriously. I'll go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, me reviewing movies, and a lot of people, by the way, have been asking me to do Terrifier too. And yeah, we need to watch that. And there's another movie that uh, I wanted to do as well, Pearl. But I felt bad because I feel like I need to rewatch the first one again and then do the sequel. Oh, because yeah, so you didn't watch them. It's hard for me to watch two movies back to back like that. Like, yeah. it's very difficult for me while I've got this shit going on. Yes. Right. So that's why I'm not doing it. It's not because I don't want to. It's the commitment of doing two movies back to back. I'm lucky to squeeze one in, mm-hmm. you know, in a day. Sometimes I'll have the energy to maybe do two or three and I get lucky, but it's very frustrating when I can't. Like I get really mad, very upset. You get very upset. <laughs> yeah, I get really mad. Like I just like like kicking rocks and like pouting like a little baby. Because I'm just like, man, I can't enjoy anything anymore. <laughs> but Murray can. He's on the floor eating his he's treats. Trying, he's trying to figure out this puzzle. Get your puzzle box. Get your treats. <laughs> you said the T word. Okay, I'm gonna give him a treat now. <laughs> we have a little a little jar here. Well, a little plastic jar of like freeze dried fucking salmon that oh yeah, that he absolutely loves. There you go. Yeah, we learned that he loved fish pretty quickly because he was eating my cat's food a lot. <laughs> and she loved, at the time, uh, salmon anything. Like, right. Like fish anything. All, of it, all the food had to be salmon. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it salmon? Yeah, I think so. My cat named Suspiria, by the way. Long time ago, she passed. Yeah. She was precious. She was a good girl. Anyway, I think it might be that time. Oh, what time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys, so now we're going to go ahead and do our horror shot, which we based around the movie The Burbs from 1989. In the movie, there is quite a lot of different things that we could have used to try to, you know, mix it in. I even thought about changing things up for horror shots because in the movie, he eats like salmon and a pretzel. And I'm like, dude, we sardines. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Sardines and a pretzel. And I was like, oh, 
dude, what? we could totally uh-uh. do that. No, we don't. To be a part of the film. Like somehow it wouldn't be horror shots. It'd be like horror eats or horror, you know, whatever. Horror shots could be turned into something where we like take a shot or we, you know, eat something that they, they is significant the in the movie that might mm-hmm. be kind of gross or like interesting. We and eat. we could even videotape that and put that up on the fucking YouTube. We could drink human blood. To lure. Yeah, there we go. Maybe uh, have an abortion and then drink the Eat baby's the fetus. <laughs> and all our Christian listeners <laughs> just went out. Sorry, guys. You know, we don't really eat for- fetuses, by the way. Just, uh, you know, we just like to make jokes mm, about it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so we decided to do the burbs and they uh, tend to get kind of angry at one another in the movie quite a bit. And uh, we thought it would just be kind of funny that like, in the movie is kind of like a lesson about like the neighbors, the weird neighbors coming in and how like, like suburbia is like nosy at the time in this movie with Tom Hanks. And so we thought, well, why don't we do a a drink with angry orchard and we'll call it an angry neighbor. It's brilliant. And all you have to do to make an angry neighbor is something that you kind of do anyway, which like if you've ever had ACE apple cider uh, drink, a lot of times people will do a shot of like schnapps and stuff in there mm-hmm. or gold slogger or, you know, like uh Guinness or, I mean, not Guinness, uh, Jaeger, Jaeger or something like that. Sometimes people do, but we decided to take a, you just grab a regular drink of angry orchard. You can do whatever apple you prefer. And then a shot of 99 schnapps. So, Oh, cinnamon. cinnamon. Sorry. A 99 cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you got me confused. <laughs> this is why I can't do that shit. I know. And you take a shot by itself first of cinnamon schnapps and you chase it with your beer. Mm-hmm. So cheers. Cheers. No, thank you. Ugh. No. <sighs> I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even take half. I think it's pretty good. I mean, I like it. It tastes like Apple Jacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tastes exactly like Apple Jacks, which is just cinnamon and apples. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so 99 cinnamon and uh, Angry Orchard. So mm-hmm. it's good. I actually really like it. Um, we used to do around the holidays that big mug. Oh, that's right. With Angry Orchard that has like five different alcohols in it. Mm-hmm. One of our listeners, Frank, did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, that's pretty good. Right. I haven't had it in a long time. Maybe I'll do it this year for the holidays. Yeah, maybe we should do it. Yeah. But anyways, if you would like to try an angry neighbor, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. Get your fucking neighborly caps on and make sure you got your phone updated because it's time for our flesh and potatoes of the burbs from 1989 and countdown from 2019 that's right and we're gonna go ahead and do that right now (laughs) 
All right, so uh, I did the work on this one. I wanted to do it, of course, because it's an old film and Christina doesn't appreciate the 80s like I do. So Suck a dick. <laughs> I did The Burbs, which is a Tom Hanks film with a bunch of different cast, really. There's a lot of really great actors in this movie. It's a PG film, by the way, but a really funny one. It's not really horror, so to speak, but it has horror elements in it. But it is an overstressed suburbanite and his neighbors are convinced that the new family on the block is part of a murderous satanic cult. Sounds pretty horrific to me, right? Horrific. (laughs) This is by none other than Joe Dante. He's the director of this movie, who, of course, is best known for... Gee, I wonder. Dex Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah, that's him. Howling. He did Gremlins. He did Inner Space. He did a ton of different fucking movies. Some of which he, like the poltergeist, which is up in the air, whether or not he did 100%. Oh. Uh, others that, you know, he did with other people. So he had help with to write this. Uh, actually, he didn't write it, but Dana Olson did. Dana Olson actually also wrote George of the Jungle, Inspector Gadget, Henry Danger, Going Berserk, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, and more. He even wrote some Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Which you can watch now on Amazon Prime, by the way, guys. Oh. It's the cartoon of Tales from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper as a cartoon, and it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of the cast, we obviously have Tom Hanks, who I'm pretty sure you guys know who the fuck he is. Uh, we also have Bruce Dern, who plays the veteran neighbor who is in Nebraska, The Hateful Eight. He did a ton of movies long before this one. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Django Unchained, Small Soldiers. We also get Carrie Fisher, obviously from Star Wars fame and many other movies. Corey Feldman is in this movie. If you don't already know who he is, he was an 80s legend who uh, (laughs) is a little bit of an odd character, a little bit of an odd duck, but he has a pretty, pretty storied past to why he might be a little 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 weird um but he's really great in this movie we also got rick dukeman who plays art the neighbor um, the annoying neighbor the annoying neighbor that won't shut up all the time gary fisher plays the wife of tom hanks who plays ray peterson she's carol peterson and Corey feldman's ricky but rick dukak dukak dukeman who plays art weingarten he uh, was in movies like Groundhog Day. He was the Flapjacks guy. Right. He was in Spaceballs. Uh, he also did Scary Movie, Pauly Shore Movie, Harvard Man, and a ton of other comedies and stuff that you probably forgot he was in. Plus, we also have Henry Gibson in this one, who was in Monster in the Closet. Also, Nashville, the Blues Brothers as the Nazi guy. He played the like the one that they jumped the car and it's like floating over the city for like the while. Uh-huh. He was also in Inner Space as well and uh, many other films. This movie had a budget of $18 million and the box office total was of just under $50 million. Christina. Wow. What did you think? Oh, you know what? I had never seen this movie before. I right. thought I did, but if I did, it was like when I was a kid. I'm happy. That was a, it was a better experience, I think, for me because yeah. of that. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was funny. It's a classic You were 80s. cracking up. Yeah, it was funny. I really enjoyed the dialogue and the jokes. The first half, I would say, more so. Yeah, yeah, because towards the, the middle, it lagged 
a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like after you meet the actual neighbors, the mystery's kind of gone, and like it's it's it, it you know, and then it just kind of gets a little bit boring. Sure. And then the end is kind of like dragged out. It's kind of weird. Um, I did and on. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I didn't like the main ending. I think they should have. They try to like twist it. Oh yeah. And I think. Well. They, I think they should have ended it on the first note, but I'll, we'll talk about right. more, more about that, you know. Yeah, um, I, I feel you on that. I, I kind of do, too. But in the same regard, it's like, uh Yeah, they, well, you know why they did it because of the time. It was like the time and it had to have this, um, you know, they had to be the good guys. I think I think maybe, but I think the but I think both messages are heard loud and clear, though, if you right. think about it. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like both are still true. Right. I Corey Feldman is so annoying in this. I did not like him in this. I didn't mind him at all in this. I I did not. I thought he was annoying. Hey, Even no though, tan lines, Mrs. <laughs> and uh, Rumsfeld. It, Tom Hanks's character in this did remind me a lot of the Money Pit because I really like that movie. Oh uh, yeah, it was very close. It was to that. similar. Yeah, and it was released at the same time. But I really think we should have watched this movie with Fright Night. Because mm. it's kind of the same kind of jokey. premise. No, it's the same premise with with the neighbor, the vampire's a neighbor, right? Type of thing, and it, it has the same like it has the same. We were flow just doing these as me. gifts because yeah. this this movie, by the way, was given to us by Ryan. Ryan, yeah, thanks, th- Ryan. Thank you again for another wonderful movie in our collection that we reviewed. So. Uh, we have reviewed this movie before, and I don't even remember how I, if I did or not. It's my memory is so fleeting these days. It was like early, early on. Yeah. So I, I don't think know. He reviewed it with Mike. I had an infinitely better experience watching it this time than I did the last. Of time course, I did. you did because I was there. No, I think I think I just. <laughs> oh, it's okay. one of those movies that just kind of right. grows on you. You know what I mean? It's not like initially it's not the greatest thing you've ever seen, but then you start to realize all the subtle nuanced jokes and stuff that they have in there. It's cute. Like Dukeman's performance in particular. Yeah. He has a lot of side jokes that you don't hear. They don't point out. Right. That I pointed out to you. Right. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Anyway, I don't know what to score this. Six out of ten. What? Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Really? Yeah. I think it's Dude, just, that lag just it really bought and I the mean, ending. It's I the lag of the is, ending killed it for me. I think it's I think it's worth a seven point five or an eight at least. I'll oh, just say okay. up front. You know, I think it's an eight because it's kinda one of those movies that once you get into you start watching, you can't stop watching because you're curious about what's gonna happen next. And I think a lot of that has to do with the writing and the direction, how they made this movie flow. You know, Joe Dante was pretty good at doing some comedic sort of entertaining films, you know, mm-hmm. more than just, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, what right. I mean? which it's so weird because they're so vast, vastly different. Right. But if you look at like something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which we just did a review of uh, for the Halloween break, mm-hmm. it is you can see the inklings of this sort of silly right. kind of comedy comedy of him and right i think there was just so many different sides to dante he ultimately was just one of those guys that wanted to be into the just different comedy stylings you know what i mean mm-hmm. a lot of times you know adam's family and inner space that's I mean, totally like what he grew up on you could tell right there's a lot of different stuff that he did and, and a lot of people you know consider him of course obviously a horror great because he did the howling and texas chainsaw and a few other things poltergeist 
ultimately i think he's really good at this sort of entertainment thing you got and of course you got the same music that came back for jerry goldsmith did the music in this who he did just a ton of different work on everything Mm -hmm. uh jerry goldsmith has you know had a wide spectrum of different stuff including rambo logan's run planet of the apes total recall Mulan, the mummy, like you just, there's so many fucking things that he actually did that are really just notable worthy. Even the twilight zone he did. Um, I don't know. There's just a ton of stuff he did, but he does a really good job in this movie. I feel like he was the perfect choice to give this movie sort of the legs to run on, uh, and the jokes to kind of give it, you know, I don't know, something entertaining and like nice and suburbanite about the music. Mm-hmm. yeah and then you can even hear they they reuse some of the music from gremlins in this and it was it was gremlins too i found out ah. that they reused in one of the like, more uh big scenes in this movie so mm-hmm. but yeah this is a movie about suburbanites and their nosy neighbor attitudes that you know we have in neighborhoods a lot of times that are yeah, probably mm-hmm. like white neighbors, <laughs> like right. it's a stereotype of that kind of thing. Right. Um, but it's an interesting one nonetheless that Tom Hanks turns from sort of like a, hey, I wonder why that's happening to, wow, you can really kind of misunderstand a lot of things by just letting your imagination go wild. Right. And and maybe you should mind your own kind of business mind territory. Own, which is the moral of the story. Right. And it, mind your own fucking business. But the funny thing is, is that it's, it's always writing that line so that that's what makes it very entertaining in this film is that these neighbors are really fucking weird. Like one of them drags out trash in the middle of the night. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the movie and he starts whacking the garbage with the fucking stick. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, I, I've never seen that. I've never, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody drive the garbage <laughs> down to the end of their fucking driveway and then beat the shit out of it with a stick. <laughs> but there's a lot of really good funny uh, material in the very beginning of the movie. It all flows very well. I think it's around the third act that it starts to kind of lose its joke teeth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, which, you know, is pretty typical of a comedy. You know, there's... There's that given give and tug, you know, like you have to like kind of give a little to get the story plot synopsis and everything like that right. to keep going. But Tom Hanks, I think, is doing very good here. Him and uh, his co-star, even Carrie Fisher was really good in this as well. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, it's just a fun movie to watch from the 80s. If you like humor, if you like a neighbor that's kind of like the monsters or maybe something like the, the the Adams family that's moving in, which are really just some, some German guys that, you know, everybody's kind of like, what the fuck? The whole neighborhood that looks perfect, except for this one house that has just dead grass and, like, falling apart. It's like our house. <laughs> yeah, and that's why there's HOAs now, by the way, because <laughs> of the, this house. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it's really funny. It's always kind of grown on me over the years as I've gotten older. I think I get it a little bit more now than I did before because I was young Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. I mean, Money Pit I got as a kid, and that's a very adult-looking thing, you know what I mean? Oh, totally, yeah. But I thought it was hilarious. Right. And Tom Hanks is really funny in that one. Not as funny in this one, but there are some really funny jokes that are in this one, and I have to say that him and... 
Dukeman, I, I hope I'm saying that right, because mm-hmm. he passed away, are just fucking fantastic. Right. Um, if you like Tom Hanks, I would say watch it for sure. If you like a little spice in your fucking neighbors that are like Adam's family, check it out. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Again, you know. Yeah, me too. So we do have some trivia on the movie, though. And of course, if you haven't seen this movie, you can actually not watch it anywhere online right now. Uh, They literally pulled it as we like went to watch it. We like looked it up to see if you could even rent it or anything. So our thoughts are, our guesses is, is that maybe they're putting together a 4K of it. I don't know. Why would they? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. It's possibly why it's... that's not available anywhere, is that it is that they're putting some sort of an, uh, new release together for it. So they pulled everything off the shelf, or maybe somebody bought it and is going to do a remake or something. We don't know. Yeah, that could be. Um, I could see a, a remake of this very easily. It would be super easy, and you just put new actors in and stuff. Oh, totally, but they'd need to change that ending. Well, we'll talk about that later, but if you don't want anything spoiled, you can only check this out maybe at a rental place or maybe at one of those sites that might actually have it up that, you know, isn't really legit, but hey, what do I know? (laughs) But if you don't want anything spoiled, there are timestamps down below. You can skip to our next movie, Countdown from 2019, where we do a spoiler-free review just like this one, and then get into the trivia. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So there was a poodle in the in the in the movie, and they even had it like uh, Jerry Goldsmith even went to the lengths of making a fucking song with a barking dog in it. Are you kidding? You remember in the very beginning of the fucking oh, movie? Oh yeah, that's right. When it's going over to take a shit on the fucking on Rumsfeld's lawn, right? It's like. <laughs> But that poodle, Queenie, in the movie was played by the same dog that played in, guess which fucking famous poodle movie that you might think about? Oh, I don't know. I'll give know. you two guesses. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I, uh, rabid poodle no. from outer space? No, you're thinking of Chud, and oh. no. Uh. Come on, thinking of it. I don't know. It puts the lotion. Oh my God, that's a poodle? Yes. Oh my God, so he's famous. The same dog that played Precious in The Silence of the Lambs in 1991. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. That is so funny. You better make a meme for this week. Yeah. Of a side by side. So also, um, another uh, fun bit is, you know, when you were saying, oh, Tom Hanks totally fucking improvised. There was a lot of moments that everybody improvised in the movie. Some of right. it surprisingly was actually well scripted and it was actually well written out. But uh-huh. yeah, there are a few interesting moments like the end of the movie where Tom Hanks throws the gurney in the back. <laughs> right. And then he gets on it. That's, that was funny. That, that was, was all him. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. That, that was really funny. Uh, this is a famous universal lot, by the way. This is the back right. lot. It has been used for so many different films, including Desperate Housewives recently. Obviously. They did Monsters, which is Ricky's house, by the way. Uh-huh. And then Leave it to Beaver is the Peterson's house. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, I can't remember what the other one is, but yeah, this whole lot has been used for just about everything. Right. Of course. And the weird thing is, is that they actually did this movie in the middle of the writer's strike in 1988. Oh, I forgot about that strike. Yeah, this this was rushed into a production to avoid a writer's guild uh, 
uh, you know, strike. <laughs> so because, you know, like they just finished it up. The principal right. photography began the same day the strike went into an effect. Oh, my God. In, on uh, May 19th, 1988. Good, good for them, though. Good for those writers. Uh, it said Dana Olson, he was uh, prohibited from contributing to anything to the script while on set for this reason. Oh, wow. Joe Dante encouraged the actors to improvise the scenes because of that. And that's why there is a lot. But you would want that from these guys anyway, because they're fucking seasoned veterans at it. Right. These exactly. are fucking great improvs. Actors, yeah. Dude, fucking John, Tom Hanks and fucking Ju- the Dukeman. He was just great in that kind of stuff. He, right. he, I don't know. Uh, even Rumsfeld, the guy that played uh, Rumsfeld, rips the Klopex wallpaper, which was Bruce Stern's idea, mm-hmm. just to be silly. Uh, Rick Dukeman ad-libbed many of his lines, including the Satan is good, Satan's our pal. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I that, remember that. It stood out. That's what, you know, when I, when we see that scene of them putting fucking uh, Tom Hanks or, you know, Mr. Peterson on fucking the grill mm-hmm. and they're like cooking him. I don't yeah. know why, but it just reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah, totally. It did. Just the lighting and everything yeah. in there. Yeah. Satan is good. Satan's our pal. <laughs> See, listen, listen, listen. You're, you're, you're talking, you're, you're talking, you're, uh, what did he say? He's like, Ray, 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 you're speaking in tongues. You're speaking in tongues. <laughs> um, that's how they get in you once they get in your head and that's it. <laughs> it's so funny because, uh, Rick is the guy that like pretty much, you know, is starting all this shit. If it wasn't for him, nobody would have given a shit. Right. Uh, Tom Hanks absolutely loved making this movie, by the way. So much, in fact, he had such a good time in making this movie that apparently he bought, like, this is just weird. He bought everybody a pair of sunglasses and uh, left a thank you note for everybody, a personal thank you note to everyone in the cast and crew. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's just weird, right? <laughs> that is weird because I just saw something that uh, Henry Winkler was interviewed and he does not like Tom Hanks at all. There's a lot of people do that. He's gotten in. Tom Hanks has now become part of some sort of like uh, conservative, like child raping cabal thing. But he but Henry Winkler directed Turner and Hooch and something happened and like no one will talk about it. And he won't even like he hates Tom Hanks. And I thought that was Henry Winkler. Yeah. Henry Winkler, because he directed Turner and Hooch. He probably, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see Tom not being the most neighborly guy, considering he played <laughs> the neighbor, the ultimate neighbor. Oh. Mister. Oh, yeah, he did play. <laughs> <laughs> You're not catching on to the jokes yeah, here. Yeah, no, it took Christine me a Christina's a little slow, guys, today. Oh, but shut that's the fuck I... <laughs> up. Give me a break. Anyway, there's a cereal in the movie that they're watching, and I, I remember seeing this on the table because they were, I think they were eating it when... Uh, they eat it twice. I think once the kid's eating it in the morning and he's like, how much sugar do you need? And then uh, there's another time when they're eating it at uh, while watching Jeopardy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and remember. it's called Freaky's. Right. Freaky cereal, cereal or whatever. It was in Gremlins, the same cereal. Nice. I like that. And Corey Feldman was in Gremlins as right. well. So. I, li- I know. I, li- I like that. Odd little story here. Uh, Michael Jackson's famed chimpanzee. Bubbles was a frequent guest on the set and he was brought to set and taken care of by the animal wrangler that uh brought that actually handled the dogs on the set as well okay he wasn't in the movie it's just a weird he just liked to come and chill yeah he just let bubbles come to the set 
Maybe he had like a child to like hang out with. I'm not even gonna <laughs> comment. Maybe he had to hang out with Home Alone kid or whatever. Ah! Sorry, this is terrible. <laughs> Everybody's like, God, I'm a fan of him or I'm not a fan of him. Both of you hate me right now. There's a scene in the movie where uh, Rick Duck Duckman and Dukeman, uh, the neighbor, uh, actually comes into the house and he's like talking about the fucking neighbors, the Copex or Clopex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like just eating all the food in the house. And he like takes it a step further. And I, I know that he had to have ad-libbed some of that. Right. There's like a, a meatloaf in the fridge. He's got like a pineapple he pulls out <laughs> and he's just eating all of this like for no reason. And there's a part, a scene where fucking Carrie Fisher walks by with dog food in a bowl and he reaches in and grabs it and eats it, makes a weird face while he's talking to fucking Tom talking Hanks. Talking to him and eating it at the same time. Yeah. And Christina didn't notice it. And he was like, made a weird face. And then you see her set down the bowl next to the dog <laughs> on the floor. It's just little shit like that that I really like about this movie mm-hmm. that I never rec. You know, I find something new almost every time I watch it. Right. Apparently, the neighbors were inspired by Dana Olson, had an actual family in his own neighborhood who nobody ever saw or spoke to. And they never took care of their lawn. So he kind of like came up with this idea to like, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Mm hmm. There was a really cool scene in this movie, too. With the very opening of the movie, they have the Universal Globe going around, remember? And I made right. I made you rewatch it because I was like, this is old school. I was like, they don't have the technology that they did back then right. that they do today. And I was like, look how well they did this. And they took a look, you know, it, it zooms down on planet Earth and then in the middle of like the suburbs in the Middle East, in the Middle East, <laughs> <laughs> in the Midwest. <laughs> Did we ever figure out what state it was in? No, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I haven't found it yet. I, I did kind of look for it, but I forgot about it's it. Like while somewhere I was... by Illinois. Yeah, it looks like it's like Michigan, somewhere in that area or south of it. Right. But anyway, they do this like at the beginning of the movie, the camera starts to pan down on the street and a street sign appears and says Mayfeld Place. And uh, Mayfeld was the town where the Cleavers lived in Leave it to Beaver. So... That's the same. Uh, that's another little tiny stupid nod, you know. Right, in, to the past. To the past, yeah. yeah. Which is, and, and all those were, it was very, it looked very Beetlejuice, like the Beetlejuice town because of the models mm. they used. I, I remember us saying that. But you know, then, the, go ahead. Oh, but then, you know, they, they zoom into the neighborhood and then all of a sudden I have fucking questions, okay? There's a paper boy, right? And then I cannot understand how tom hanks affords a house like that because like what do you what job do you think he had All right, Christina. in order to have a house in a neighborhood like that that's like that's not probable right yeah i mean probably not for us <laughs> <laughs> he's probably younger than us in this movie i know which makes me even more pissed off yeah it's crazy yeah. It's weird looking at people in those movies. I have like so many questions. Yeah, well, you're being ridiculous, so. <laughs> and he wasn't working because he was off of work because he was, like, having a mental breakdown or something. They put a lot of Easter eggs in this movie, too, by the way. Did they? Speaking of, like, weird things that you're bringing up for no reason, um, they had Rosebud, a sled with the name Rosebud on it. What's that from? Citizen Kane. Okay. They also had the dogs. A name was Landrew who uh, was named after possibly after Henry Landrieu, a notorious 
French serial killer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they like, you know, they kind of went there. Why would you name your dog after a serial killer? Well, it's the bad neighbors. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. Okay, that makes like, sense. It makes perfect sense. What okay, are you talking okay, about? Okay, okay. I was thinking of the other dog. Um, so you know, Corey Feldman actually had just wrapped Dream a Little Dream when he stepped into Joe Dante's office to try to get this part for Ricky Butler. And he wasn't like dressed for the part or anything like that. And uh <clears throat> Dante and his producer Michael Fennell, as well as the casting contingent, were all very quiet and started stated, I'm looking for Joe Dante. Feldman apologized to Dante for his appearance, and Dante immediately told him, that's it. That is what I had in mind for the character. And Feldman was elated to hear it. Oh, man. Okay, man. He's like, yeah, just don't dress like Michael Jackson, and you'll be great. (laughs) Bubbles is on set? Oh, that's why Bubbles was on set. Yeah, there you go. Because of Corey Feldman. Yeah, they had a date that that time on set. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's terrible. Horrible. Uh, I feel like Bill Burr. <laughs> he says shit that he shouldn't say, but it's just funny. You can't help it. You know what I mean? I'm not Bill Burr. Okay. So fuck you guys. I realize that. All right. I'm just saying there is so much trivia on this, but you know, something I also noticed about Ricky's character is he's wearing the street vision shorts. Oh, yeah. I had the exact same pair of street vision uh, shorts. They were longer than at the knee than, uh, you know, your regular Street Vision was a fucking skate company back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think there was Bones was their logo, was like a skeleton guy. But yeah, I was like, everybody wore like Street Vision wear, you know what I mean? Even if you weren't a real like professional skater, mm-hmm. you know, but I remember I had like a, <laughs> my first skateboard was a, a Ramp Rat 2. Mm-hmm. And it had these like wheels that, like, the wheels were made out of fiber, like, this, like, fiberglass that you could, like, skid out with on that you uh-huh. couldn't do with regular skateboards because they grip more, which is more rubber. These are made with, like, a, th- a material that would make you, like, slide around on them a lot. And I think my parents got it at, like, Walmart or something oh. like that. But, you know, I got a better skateboard later on, I'm just right, saying. Right. I think I quit skating when I saw my friend go down Thrasher Lane, which was a famous magazine, Thrasher Magazine, that everybody used to read for skating. I remember. And he went down Thrasher Lane, which was this really steep build, uh, like, hill. Uh Uh-huh. In Maryland? Yeah, and he made it all the way to the bottom and then fucking had to go to the hospital. Oh. Like, he was a hero, but, you know, like... Right. Yeah. He was like... (laughs) I remember his sister and, and, and him moved in. They were... Uh, Japanese American family. Father was in the military, uh, and uh, they had moved in, and he was like really tall and lanky. So when he rolled, it was like his skin was like all fucked up. He was out of school for like four days. Oh We're like, God. what happened, man? You know, like this is before we had everybody like social media or anything. You know, right. so it was like we had to wait or go down to the house in the neighborhood to go see how he was doing. But yeah. He was a legend. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. And then I picked up a bike <laughs> and then started jumping jumps into trees and shit like that. So I know I stopped skateboarding because I fell. It's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I realized that if I fell like that, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. So I felt safer on a bike for some reason. I don't know why. Right. Because you have more leverage. I Dude, I used to be fucking. We had like a, a whole uh, bike track in the back of our 
in the woods that it was like two generations deep. Like, oh wow, it was like my brother's generation and like his friends, mm-hmm. and then we got it when we were kids, you know. So we like it got handed down to us, and we like we built up like berms and fucking tabletops and like mm-hmm. all these crazy jumps. And there was this one jump that you had to hit on the left corner because if you hit it anywhere else, you would slam into a tree. And everybody had hit that tree at least once. There was nobody that didn't hit that tree hard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I hit that tree so many different times because you come around this turn and it's like a sharp turn. You have to kind of jerk your bike just right. Mm-hmm. And it was like we we all hit that tree so many times. And I, I can't even believe it now. Thinking about that now is like, hell no. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I don't want to get too much, spend too much time in here. Um, one of my other Scenes in the movie that I really like is when they go to the front porch and they they challenge each other to go up on the porch and <laughs> and fucking Rick Dukeman is like you're gonna do that right in front of your child like that you're gonna just w- wimp out oh you could have just said hi to him but you didn't do it because you're a coward you're a coward all right all right he's like and he pushes him up he's like no you're gonna go up with me and then Ricky's back there going all right Mister you know Mister Water Sled whatever you know right. He's like, ah, you knew you were kind of awesome, man. And he was like, oh, okay. I guess everybody else is watching. He throws his gum on the ground, <laughs> walks up to the porch. His foot breaks through the fucking floor. Right. And Tom's like, I'm not paying for that. He's, <laughs> I'm going like, to sue. He's like, no, I'm not paying. We, we Nobody should pay for it. In fact, we should sue them for fucking <laughs> having a porch like that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then uh, they, they knock on the door. They ring the doorbell and it sounds all fucked up and it shorts. And then pops, and then the the sign changes from six six nine, nine to, to six six six, six. six. and then the uh, I think the light falls and hits the like something, and all these bees come out and, and start attacking him, <laughs> and they're like rolling around on the ground trying to get watered by Mister Rumsfeld. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. That was just a funny part to that me. That was funny. What about you? Oh well, what about towards the end? Um, so towards the end, when like everything. Uh, they they break into the house and they're like digging in the basement. Uh, Tom Hanks and the other guy, they're like digging in the basement and there's a a, a huge furnace in there. Why does why does he have such a big furnace? Blah blah blah. Yeah, this looks reconfigured. This is right. So and then the 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 homeowners are like on their way home. They're coming home, right? Oh, and they also find out the other neighbor is alive because they thought the older neighbor with the dog Queenie was dead. So he comes home and then the other people come home and and, and then it just spirals and then the house ex- explodes. He has the gas line underneath right, their from house. Right, from them digging, from them breaking in the house and digging. So then all the cops show up, ambulance shows up and everything. And then Tom Hanks just has a rant about to Art. Yeah, we're like, the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. And these a, a people meltdown. didn't want anything. They just wanted to move in. They're just weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are the bad people. We're the ones sneaking around the neighborhood, peering into your windows. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they should have left it at that. I think, yeah, I mean, I get it. But I mean, I think you get the drift of both. I think both are accurate and right. I don't think it negates the fact that they were any worse than those people. Right. You right, know, except but... they just didn't kill people. So. Right. 
But then they have to throw in the twist and, and Tom Hanks does the ambulance scene, which was fucking hilarious. And I guess it was improv, like you said. Yeah. Or he, he throws himself in there. Yeah. He threw himself in the ambulance. and then he's the, just done with it. Yeah. And then the neighbor. Dude, his fucking makeup when he came out of the house that burned up. Oh, with his eye. It his was all eye melted. Was all droopy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. But they bandaged that up quick. They, yeah. they, were, they didn't want that. Like, I don't know. think he was wearing it under the bandages. Oh, no. No, there's no way. But anyway, so then he's in the ambulance, and then the neighbor doctor, the evil doctor, like comes in the ambulance, and he's like, I'm going to inject you with this. Did you find my skulls? You were in my basement. Yeah, that shit. So they're actually bad people. And then it winds down. They find a bunch of skeletons in his trunk. I'll help you rebuild your house. Yeah, I'll pay for it. Yeah. I'll pay for, Once sorry. I get out of jail, I'll help you rebuild your house by hand. And he's like, that won't be necessary. I just got I'm new just tools. Inject. I'm gonna... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. you jumped way to the end. Um, I uh, The other one, one of my other favorite scenes is I like seeing Corey Feldman's friends. They're like over there watching and he's like turned it into like a spot to hang out because the neighborhood's and so watch. Fu- yeah. Because yeah, the neighborhood's so fucked up. The neighborhood's full of Karens and yeah. they're all bitching at each other. And so he's, he's like always like has his friends over and has pizza and beer and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And like whenever anything happens, they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the whole neighborhood and the, by the end, it's like this fucking finale, you know, mm-hmm. where the fucking roof like. Yeah. And everything explodes yeah the house explodes and there's a spire like a fucking uh, lightning rod on top of the roof mm-hmm. that goes through the hood of the fucking car mm-hmm. but before that i really like the part where they uh they leave uh the the driveway scene where they're hiding behind the garbage cans and he's like i i've never seen anybody drive their garbage out in the middle of the night to the end of their driveway and then beat it with a stick over and over again <laughs> and they're like we should check the fucking garbage right now Oh, and then and the garbage like, men come. He's like, in the "Yeah, morning. maybe we we shouldn't do that right now. Wait till the morning. Wait till the morning, and then the garbage men show up, and it's Dick Miller, mm-hmm. fucking Dick Miller, with uh, I think the guy who played the bank uh, bank uh, the bank owner in Gremlins as well. Ah, oh. uh, anyway, he's he's one of Joe Dante's favorites, uh, Dick Miller, and that other guy. I can't think of his name right mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but they're there sitting there bitching about garbage. And then the fucking neighbors go in and just start diving into the back of the truck and then like ripping it out. And then the other guy's like, yeah, no, this is their ride. Once it hits the curb, it's it's nobody. So they're allowed to do this. And he's like, I don't care. Dick Miller's like, I got to pick this shit up. You're going to fucking pick it up. And then the Rumsfeld's like, no, you're going to pick it up because you're the garbage man. <laughs> He's all pissed. Up. And the funny thing is, is that instead of them ever actually picking it up, they literally leave it there for the rest of the movie, which I absolutely love. Yeah, because it gets driven over it. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it was funny. You hear when you hear the like dog music. <laughs> when the neighbor comes back home from being sick or whatever. Right, right. Roll your eyes. But yeah. That's, I mean, there's other scenes that are in the movie, but if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, I, 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 it's hard to remember everything. And we've talked so much about all the other stuff. So I think it might be time for us to jump into the next movie, which we're going to talk about, which is Countdown from 2019. Christina did the work on this one. Yes, I did, sir. When a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict exactly when a person is going to die, it tells her she only has three days to live. With time ticking away and a figure haunting her, 
She must find a way to save her life before her time runs out. <laughs> mwah, mwah. Uh, written and directed by Justin Deese. Deck. Deck. Written and directed by Justin Deck. December. I'm just kidding. Justin Deck also did a movie called Rolling from 2008. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is coming from 2013. I think that was like a YouTube uh, mm. thing. And he also did a series called Lazy Me from 2012. Okay. All right. And this movie. And he wrote it too. Yeah, he wrote it because he's a writer and director. Okay. Most of the stuff he's directed, he's he's written. But he hasn't done much since this movie, which kind of stinks. Well, it's probably because this movie didn't pop off like they wanted it to. Right. They kind of give you one shot and it's like sometimes it's not the best. Right. Happens. It just happens. Yeah. Like you plan everything to make this movie great. It just right. some people just don't get it. Right. He should do some Christmas movies. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, I can't I bet he can't wait to do it just like those uh anything for anything Jackson. For Jackson guys. I can't wait to see what they're doing next. I hope yeah. they do something. Anyway. Anyway, we have Elizabeth Lale who plays Quinn. She was on Once Upon a Time, the T V series and Gossip Girl. She was also in a movie called Mac and Rita from twenty twenty two. That's this year. Uh, we also have Jordan Colloway, who plays Matt. He was on Riverdale, a uh, Black Light Lightning. He was also in Grandma's House for 2016. We have ta- Talitha. Talitha Bateman, who plays Jordan. She was the sister. Yeah. Uh, she was in The Hive. Uh, she, oh. she was in The Fifth Wave. I have The Hive. Uh, I bought that. And I have The Fifth Wave. Right. And The Fifth Wave and Annabelle Creation. Oh, wow. Uh, she more, more re- recently was in a show called Away. She must have been a little girl or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The older girl that comes into the house after in Annabelle. Right. That uh, takes over the place. Like, remember how it was like older and then they have a newer group of kids? Right. That come in? Yeah. It, yeah. It must have been. Uh, we also have Peter Bassanelli, who plays Dr. Selvin. He played Keith Rainier in Escaping the Nexium Cult uh, from 2019. Uh, perfect, perfect uh, role for him in this one, huh? Yeah. He was also recently in God Save the Queens, and he played a doctor in all the Twilight movies, every single one of them. He was uh, in all the Twilight movies. Okay, okay. So that's probably where you guys probably recognize him from. Um, we also have Tachina Arnold, who plays Nurse Amy. She was the mom in Everybody Hates Chris. She was in Little oh, okay. Shop of Horrors and Martin. She's done a lot of stuff. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, she looks. She looked really familiar. Uh, we also have Tom Segura. Segura, who plays Derek. He's a, obviously a comedian. Uh, he was also an Instant Family from 2018 and Cutman. He also does the couple of podcasts, Two Bears, One Podcast, mm-hmm. which is with Bert Kreischer. And uh, he also does the podcast that's really popular um, called Your Mom's House. Oh, okay. It's with his wife. In fact, uh-huh. his wife's in this movie as well, and I'll tell you who she is. Oh, okay. I can't. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to hear. Okay. The budget for this movie was $6.5 million, Holy shit. And the box office was $48 million. Wow. So it's about the same outcome for The Burbs, but only mm-hmm. that came out in 89 mm-hmm. with inflation. So it, The Burbs did better, obviously. Right. Clearly. But right. this didn't do too bad. No, it didn't really. Surprisingly, it didn't. It just they just didn't get a lot of like, you know, they Traction. leave this movie open too. It seems like for a sequel. Yeah, for as well. a sequel, this was weird, but it's just not the right timing. But Alex, what did you think of the second viewing of Countdown from 2019? Well, I think first of all, the first time I saw it, 
I actually was surprised with it. There was this is one of the first movies in like a long list of movies. Like I, like I think it was like 2019 when all these movies started getting shit on. Like, did you notice we yeah. started becoming really overdone like all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, th- I'm not saying that it was the first film in history, blah blah blah, for anybody to shit on. Mm-hmm. I'm what I'm saying is is that where people get too carried away. That makes sense. Where they made it, they turned it into like a conquest to fucking like end this movie's career. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it seemed uh, and in some regards. But also I think it was just the, the critics in particular, the main critics, the, the top critics, because they gave it like a, I think it's like a three or 30% on to- Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's like 27%. Mm-hmm. So, and it's 72% on fucking the user score. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's more people that like it than don't. It's just, this was a different movie than we had seen in a while, you know, because right. it is a very older style movie sort of taking the piss out of you. Yeah. But I think it's a fun little horror rule set movie that is more akin to maybe like the two thousands movies or nineties movies than the movies we see these days. And perhaps that's why these critics were like, rah, rah, rah. it's like a slightly dumbed down version of final destination. Really? That's what I think of it. Right. Is it flawed? Sure. Is it some of the dialogue is a bit overdone? Absolutely. (laughs) That's also what makes it fun for me. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, there, we got Tom Segura in the movie. He's pretty funny in it. He, we got this really funny demonology priest that's like the nerdiest demonologist priest ever, Mm -hmm. which is really kind of funny. And it's just clearly these characters are written. Because we're having a good time. It's an entertainment film. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be scary per se. It's just supposed to be entertaining. Right. As it, it's just a movie to be fun, really. That's what I think of it. As it should be, because it's a movie about a killer app, a literal killer app. At the time this came out, so many people had something to say about it. Like it presses a little too hard on some of the heavily treaded woke tropes. Like people were complaining about that. There was a couple of other things that the dialogue was really off and the characters weren't likable and or believable. I remember people saying, Mm -hmm. but I say who cares because it's fun and the deaths are pretty silly. A lot of people snapping necks and stuff like that. It just kind of reminds me, like, uh, it has the spirit of the Final Destination series. So if you're a fan of that, I think you can get into this. Mm -hmm. If you're not, then I'd say move on. You know, you're probably not going to like it. These are just supposed to be silly and dumb and fun. And this one has that same vibe. It knows what it wants to be, and it did it. And it's definitely past its due date, like, as far as when they were making these types of movies. But they squeezed it into a new sort of modern world that probably just didn't enjoy it as much but the funny thing is it reminds me and christina a little bit of smile in a in a large in a large portion right smile is probably the better film than this but it still kind of has that rule set to it it has sort of that ridiculousness to it it is a little more heavy-handed on some of the ridiculous than smile is i would say smile has a little bit more taste and uh, has some of the best sound design and and camera work compared to this. Right. This is more of by the book, paint by numbers, let's have fun, rule set horror kind of movie that you don't take seriously. But it's just too bad the critics hated it. I liked it. I think it's about a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a 6.5, but I still think it's a 7 because I enjoyed it more than I hated it. It's just nice to pop on if you're looking for a film 
that you don't have to get too serious about. You want to have a few laughs about, and it has some sort of interesting lore that you can kind of follow along with and makes you wonder how they're going to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. So what about you though? Me too. Seven out of 10. I thought it was really creative. It was creative movie. Okay. I enjoyed aspects of the movie. It's a really great like modern horror movie. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's going to age well, <laughs> but only time will tell. I don't even think it. And I only say that because it's a very, we've had so much happen. Well, there's so many movies that are forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And this happened, this movie came out like literally before COVID, like literally like, like within six months before COVID. And it's like a completely different world to me. Yeah. Which is, is weird to say. So, but whatever, we'll see. I've heard a lot of people say they liked it though. So yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it the first time too. Um, but yes, like you said, it, it reminds me a lot of a night, a more of a '90s movie, like a Final Destination, but more sure. modern. Um, I do wish it had more gore, gore and blood. I wish it was more violent. Yeah, me too. I think there was no need for the doctor. I don't think there was any need for that. I don't think there was any need for the sister. I mean, I get why he was in there. He was a plot point. It sounds like it did a feel produ- a little f- much. It did, and I hate to say forced. Like, they're pushing it on you. Yeah. They're shoving <laughs> it down it my throat. <laughs> but it really did. Like, it really did. It's like a producer got a hold of the script. It was like, oh, no, we got you know to modernize this. We we'll, got current events going on. We need to put this in here. We'll try to tackle it in the spoiler section, if you'll yeah. remind me uh, about it. Um, but I just feel like, I think it's just, we've seen it so many times in other movies that it was just, it felt a little out of place in this one because it it's, it's it's retreaded territory that they spent way too much extra time in. And it was reach, it wasn't retreaded well. Like no. It, 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 it was very ham-fisted about it. It really was. Even I think the sister, the whole, the the, the dialogue with the sister in there, I, I don't think it needed to be in there. I liked, I liked, like you said, I liked the priest guy. It was funny. The cell phone guy, funny. Uh, her meeting up with the guy in the cell phone and them figuring it out together. Yeah. It was odd, but it worked. And I really thought they should have maybe like played a little bit more on that. Maybe they found someone else who downloaded the app. Who's like, what the fuck's going on too? You know, sure. maybe ran into somebody else at the hospital instead of having the doctor shit in there. I don't know. But yeah, like a seven out of 10. Like it could have had a little bit more creative ideas in it to do some different things in it. Um, I think the very first kill in the movie we'll talk about later is an ode to Final Destination. Totally. It really seems like it because we'll get into it. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's more creative films that I think that uh, don't really nail the end or don't really nail the whole movie. There's trying to think of another um, movie that was kind of like that. The Apparition was kind of like one of those movies, but The Apparition is very creative. And it also deals with the subject matter that I really like, which is other dimensions. And so this apparition got me because that's kind of my bread and butter. That's like what I like to thrive in and what I take interest in the most. But it didn't really handle it 100% well. And it was much more creative than this film. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film kind of is playing the same paint by numbers type of shit. Mm-hmm. But is still very entertaining and funny. Right. So... So 7 out of 10 from both of us on that one and uh, 7.5 for the other one, huh? Mm-hmm. Sweet. It was a good week. It was a good week. Yeah, it's not a bad one at all, really. We do have a little bit of trivia, a lot of Tom Segura stuff, surprisingly. 
Um, there's not a lot of trivia on this movie in particular because it didn't pop off very well. I did watch a couple of like uh, like interviews and stuff, but nothing mm-hmm. really trivia worthy really popped out in it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Tom Segura was like really super excited about being in this movie. <laughs> but um, it's um, we'll get into that. If you don't want anything spoiled, of course, we'll tell you what we're going to be watching next week. We got um, this movie also, by the way, was given to us. Dustin, a.k.a. Random Viewer, thank you very much. Thank you. We really appreciate you giving out, uh, you know, our getting a movie to our collection that we've been wanting to get for a very long time as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much to both of you guys for supporting the, the, the channel and the, the podcast and everything like that. I we really appreciate you guys. You guys are the best. But next week, we have a couple of gifts that were given to us as well. And uh, we're going to be watching those next week, too. So if you want to tune in to the end of the podcast and not have anything spoiled, here is your warning. So there's a couple of uh, nods in the film that uh, we got in this. A couple of things that are in it. But uh, the app, let's talk about the app, first of all. The app in the movie is a real app that they had up and running before the movie came out. And it's still up and running. Yes. It is still available. You can still download it. And funny enough, we went and actually checked out some of the reviews on it. And one of the reviews said, oh, a great recreation of a uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, recreation? Bitch, they made this for the fucking movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, but there was a clock back in the day when we were, it was before MySpace and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. When there was only AOL and ICQ and shit like that. Right. Uh, and Yahoo or whatever. Uh, Yahoo! Remember? I remember. Um, but yeah, they had this like death clock that you can like, it's like a website. You could go and find out your death. Oh, that's right. And so they thought, you know, they probably just remembered that and turned this into that. So I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that, that up. smart. And I like, but no, I like how the, the it, this curse, the user agreements is an actual curse in Latin from the Bible or some shit. Right. Like, it was creative. They put some thought into it. Yeah, I don't know if the demon is necessarily real. Uh, I looked into that. Oxen or Ovakin? Osin. Osin. Yeah, it's like uh, Osin, but it's like C-H-I-N or something. Anyway, part of the reason that Tom Segura is in this movie is because he's good friends with the director, Justin Deck. So they wanted to have him in. And I think he was a perfect fit because he plays the store clerk perfect. Like, totally. just being a dick, like, the whole fucking thing. Right. Yeah, he actually um, had his wife in the movie, which I mentioned earlier, which you do not see until the end credits. Oh, it was the Tinder date. Right, so that I should have mentioned that in the fucking spoiler freeze to stick around for the credits. But Tom Segura is on a date, on his Tinder date, that he gets interrupted to go on. He's like, this is the first one I've seen in a long time, um, you know, I haven't had a Tinder date in forever. So you're like interrupting it. And she was like, I'll give you $2,000. He's like, you got 15 minutes. And then he calls the girl and he's like, yeah, I love your picture. And uh, can't wait to see what you look like in real life. You know, IRL. and then when in the end of the thing, he's at dinner with that girl. And that's his wife. And that's his wife. That's funny. Yeah. That's why they're, they work well, like making fun of each other. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, yeah, it's hotness. What you doing? Sweet thing. <laughs> Uh, apparently though, um, after this movie was ended, he was so tired from this movie. He actually fell asleep in the toilet while they were celebrating Tom Segura. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. It's a joke. He celebrated 
by on sleeping the on the toilet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Lale admitted uh, that she was having a particularly farty day during the hospital scene uh, <laughs> on the podcast uh, with Tom Segura, so mm-hmm. and his wife. Mm-hmm. So they came on and like. Oh, they talked about the movie. Yeah, they kind of promoted it and stuff. So that's funny. I'd have to. I would be funny to check that out. Maybe I'll find it and put it in the episode for you guys. There was a scene where Evan gets killed in the uh, hospital room. If you look on the door, you can see the number is a famous door number, two thirty-seven. Shining. Yeah, of course. So they had that in there. There was other ones too, but I didn't. They didn't stay. I couldn't find anywhere that stated them mm-hmm. um, because I remember somebody talking about it. And it might have been Tom or he was like, oh, they put all kinds of stuff in the movie that you can find or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I think him and Joe Rogan talked about it one time because it was a failure. <laughs> <laughs> and they were kind of making I think he was making fun of him. But, I, but uh, I, I still think the movie's a, not a failure. And I think that, you know, if you watch it, you'll still really enjoy it. So. A lot of the hospital scenes that you saw in that movie were actually used. This is the same set they use in Teen Wolf, the TV series, oh. like the in the locker room and the hallways. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. So it's like pretty cool. Right. I don't know. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the the uh, trivia on this. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about some of your favorite scenes yes, I and do. things? Yes, I do. Because I really enjoyed the opening sequence and it really sucks you in. Wait, maybe we shouldn't do this first. Maybe we should, before we forget, what were some of the things that we needed to talk about that might be the reason why? It was a failure? No. You, we, we were talking about the doctor. What was the thing about the doctor that we were going to bring up again? Sexual harassment? Right, because he's in the movie and he does it. Too, it's too much. You said it was too much. Yeah, it was too much. Do you want to talk about why you felt that it was too much and elaborate on it a little bit more? Because we couldn't do it in the spoiler free. Because I don't. So I understand um, th- there had to be a bad guy because she had to kill somebody or she had to attempt to kill somebody. But I just don't. They didn't need to go about it that way. I understand it, it's something prevalent that's going on. Prevalent. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was is going on. It's still going on, like in sure. society. But it I was just, just getting heavy-handed at yeah, that time. Yeah, and, and it just it, when uh, they, they twisted it, like so he assaulted her in a room, and then she went to the nurse, and then to the the head nurse to tell the head nurse, but the doctor like distracted the head nurse and pulled her aside. Yeah, before her. Yeah, yeah. and then the doctor ended up going to HR before her. I see. It's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, I think they really wanted to put a heavy hand on it because they really wanted to make it so that he was this bad, evil, shitty guy. So that it was believable that she would want to kill him for her sister, because it would be really weird if he was kind of likable and not like a real douchebag. So it may have come across as heavy handed in the woke department when really he was just using it as a as a fucking conduit to to make sure that you understood that she was going to kill this person so because why would a nurse their whole life is about saving people's lives not killing people yeah no i understand but maybe it just it it didn't land well for a lot of people right i'm just i'm just being devil's advocate it was the it was the I think that's why this movie failed, honestly. I thought it was a plot device and nothing more. Like, I, I realize it does come across as heavy-handed. It was heavy. It was right. a heavy-handed plot device. Jesus but, fucking But I think Christ. it does because of the climate that we're in. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Not because of the way he wrote it. That's all I'm trying to no, say. No, no, I agree. Like I said, I think I I'm sure maybe there was another situation, like another storyline there and I think a producer came in and said no we got to do this because that's what's relevant right now. I don't know. That's what I think because even the other nurse they had a really quick like side thing where where you know she's gonna die and like she's trying to figure stuff out so she was at the hospital because her her sister just got sick but and then they had a they had another nurse pull her aside to be like you know me too and it was you know it's just like not right there like i think what it is like i said and and hear me out i'm not trying to defend it or anything like that i'm just saying i know that um i really truly think that they were like okay well the obvious choice would be that she would self-sacrifice herself for her sister so we have to make another reason that she wouldn't self-sacrifice herself because that's the twist you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying, but technically she didn't self-sacrifice and she wasn't planning on self-sacrifice. Well, she did sacrifice herself. No, because, because she, the Narcan. Right, but she... So she didn't. She, she had still a plan. killed herself. She went dead. Right, but yeah, not that's really my point. because she already had a plan not to be dead. The obvious choice for the ending would be for her to self-sacrifice herself. In order to make it more plausible to throw you off the scent of that, they put this fucking doctor in to try to throw you off what was really going to happen by the end. Well, it should have been something else. Oh, 100%. I think it should have been something else, probably. It's not exactly a really original ending or anything like that. Right. I'm just saying that, like, it's not easy to come up with, like, some fucking twist ending that beats the, you know, the the curse. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that one, the one unique thing that they did do is use the circle to try to prevent him from getting out. And then the guy, the Matt guy, comes out of that, which, which is a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he steps out of the circle. But I thought it was really cool that they dumped, you know, salt crystals in a paint can and then stirred it up so that it would, like... Right. Have it in it. And then they painted the, the, the symbol on the ground mm-hmm. and then stood in it as a protection symbol to prevent the, the clock from going out. Right. Honestly, that would have been the best way to prevent it. But they wanted this kind of build up, this battle to happen. Right. So that would be a little, little anticlimactic, right? Yeah, totally. So he probably wanted to like write something that was like right up to the edge of your seat kind of thing with her dying and the time running out and... Her using the Narcan to wake her up before two seconds before she died. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's just this whole, like, you know, when you look back to the clock, it's been like 10 minutes, but there's only 10 <laughs> seconds have, like, gone by <laughs> to try to add some of that tension. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I can see why people didn't like it, but fucking, it's not that bad. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. You could just graze over it. Yeah. You know, it's not, you're right. It's, it's not, not a perfect a, film, so. Right, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it has, like, the perfect ending or the perfect, you know. It did have a perfect beginning, I think. I like the end, the beginning, yeah. Yeah, because they're just at a house party, and they're, like, playing a table game. Well, I love that it's with kids at first, and then they switch it to uh, actual adult. Uh, oh yeah well kids so like they, they, they trick teenagers. you into think it's like a teeny film it's like a teenagers yeah and then it's like young adults right yeah. <laughs> right but that young adults i liked how they were like she was saying she had a calorie counter app and it was called countdown and she was using it to counter calories and then the other girl pulls it up and she was like was it this one yeah oh this like i like that a lot by a twist because, of fate because that happens in real life like you're looking for a certain app and there's like 20 apps for the same name. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. So I really, I really like that. And then they used it as a game, and they all downloaded it, right? Sure. And two of them had like, like what, ten hours to live or some shit. Dude, the fucking boyfriend. Okay, so one of the very right. beginning opening scene is this this really like cute skinny girl doesn't want to play because she's kind of like. She doesn't think it's like legit. She, she's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. This is like weird. And they were like, just do it. Don't fucking need. She's like, okay. All right. And she gets like the two hours and she's going to die in. And then her boyfriend is like, you know, oh, don't worry about it, babe. And then he gets shit face drunk and tries to drive her home. And she's like, no, no, you're, you're way too drunk for to be driving me home. And she he can- acts like a dick and drives off. Well, yeah. And then she runs home because she's being chased by some sort of shadowy apparition like Mm -hmm. outside, which is the demon. And it says, and her phone goes off and it says user agreement. What did it say? Broken or something. User agreement broken or whatever. Right. Um, Because she avoided death by not taking the trip. The car, yeah. But is it really her fault? But, you know, it's a demon, so it's trying to use it against her. Yes, it was her fault because she was dwelling on the two hours to live or whatever. And that's why she was like, well, I don't think we should be driving if, you know, the two hours to live. That's why. Right. So she goes home, pours herself a glass of water, goes into the bathroom and hears something in the curtain. And this is where I remember the first movie of Final Destination. Yeah, where their friend, their friend, before everything starts going to shit. The first one to die, other than the plane crash, is the guy in the bathroom who gets like the cord right around his neck and then he dies that way. Well, this one, she gets thrown up on the ceiling. I don't know what the fuck for. And then fucking falls and hits her head on the fucking tub and then slumps down, mm-hmm. which is really cool looking in cool the background because you got the you got the phone on the on the sink table. And then her falling down out of focus in the background, which is like perfect because it it shows you the time and the and the time she died at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like exact. So, you know, that death is a timely motherfucker. And there are theories that there that the, the that this movie is is the same demon death is the same character in this movie as in Final Destination. Oh. I looked it up and somebody on Reddit was talking about this. Oh, so funny. I'm not the only, we're not the only ones to think Thinking that, obviously. About that. It's very obvious. So, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, Justin Deck is a huge fan of the series like I am. Mm-hmm. They got a new Final Destination coming out, by the way. I don't know if they're oh, they rebooting do? it or they're doing something, but. Be I, interesting. I loved watching all those deaths. I just thought it was a lot of fun. I hope they make it like in the now, like they're avoiding viruses and shit yeah like the viruses come and get them you know they did one of the fucking classic fucking deaths in this movie by the way too the fucking car death i love those i don't know why but i fucking love those there's in they're in final destination a bunch Mm -hmm. they're in the two witches that we just watched last week Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) where someone gets hit by a car out of the blue just out of the blue Oh, yeah, and get it's ran like, over. Yeah, and yeah. I just fucking love that, man. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. I cracked up and meet Joe Black. I cracked up at this moment. <laughs> I fucking cracked up in Two Witches. I just love, because like, and anytime we're watching a movie now, whether it's horror or not, mm-hmm. uh, if someone walks out into the street backwards or right. like anything, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it was in two witches and the craft yeah oh that's right 
That's like three movies in a row. Yeah. People just getting ran over by cars and shit. That's crazy, man. Yeah. The whole love thing. What did you think of like the two of them and how they like kind of like kind of hooked up? I felt it was kind of natural, right? It didn't seem yeah, like. Yeah, it, it wasn't like they were in love. They were just like in a situation. Right. And it just kind of. She invited like... him to sleep in. I thought it was weird that she invited him to sleep in the bedroom. But and then again, they are being hunted down by a demon. So. Yeah. You want the other person there somehow to witness the demonologist thing. I wouldn't want him to be far if they were experiencing the same thing. Right. Because he goes and just so happens to be in the phone app and just so happens to be like a two hours earlier than her. Right. I like it when she goes into the, the phone place and she starts being a Karen. You right. Know, then it was like she's being a Karen before there were Karens. My, oh, one of my favorite scenes, and I totally forgot about this, is when they, okay, so they meet at the phone store because he overhears her talking about the fucking app. Mm-hmm. And he's worried about it, too, because he found out about it because people in this town are all dying from it or everywhere are dying from it. And they go to a bar and there's this guy at the end of the bar saying that Earth's flat and like Matt, the new guy and Quinn just met. And she's and he's like, maybe we can get somebody else to start the app so we can read the terms and conditions. Right. And, And she's like, no, we couldn't do that to somebody. And he's like, yeah. He's like, what kind of app are you talking about or something like that? And he's like, yeah, there's this app. Uh, hey, buddy, you know, there's this app that's uh, on a thing called Countdown. Tells you when you're going to die. Oh, horse shit. That's fake. About as fake as the Holocaust. She was like, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and ask him to. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she changes her tune as soon as she hears that. <laughs> so they go over to him and. uh have him install it, and then he's about to hit agree, and she's like, whoa, 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 you never agree to things, you know, before you look at them like Let's that. Let's look at it together. And you would think that the conspiracy guy, of all people, would have been that way, right? Right. right. Like, no, what are you signing human. off? Everybody's human. And um, so they read it, and they find out that, you know, that you have to, like, you have to abide by your fate. So you have to do the things that you were scheduled to do. Right. Or else you have broken the contract. And they both had canceled plans because they were scared. Right. So, you know, user agreement denied. It's funny. She was like, now, by the way, delete that app off your program. Don't use it, please. I'm seriously. Mm -hmm. So you could tell she was a nice person. She didn't really want him to die just because of his beliefs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was funny nonetheless. So then they go to a fucking priest. The priest is like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't actually believe in demons. We just believe in them as like our own personal demons. Not not like, you know, real fucking creatures. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is out of my league. You need to speak to this other guy. So they introduce this other fucking priest who, when they walk in, he's like jamming out to some fucking rap. Remember what he was? I don't remember oh, what he was listening right. to. He was getting high. Was he getting high? He was getting high, yeah. <laughs> and he's got tattoos all over him, but he's like this nerdy dude who's like, you know, definitely like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of like. Yeah, but to- became a priest because he was totally into right. like, the scripture of the demons and stuff. Right. And he's like, I'm totally into this, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, have you ever done this before? And he's like, no, but I've read a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, maybe if we can get the code from this fucking app, we can kind of know what we're dealing with here. And she's like, I think I might know somebody. And that's when 
She goes to Tom Segura. They go back, and then they offer him credit cards, which yeah, I thought which, was funny. Which he's such a dick about everything. Mm-hmm. And I love the part where he's like, they crack in, and then he's like, she finds out that her sister's in there. And she's like, oh, my God, my sister's in there. She's like, can you change the date and the time when they die? And he's like, yeah. Do you have another $200, $300? He's like, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll do it. I'm, I'm a, a good person. I'm a good person. Don't worry. <laughs> I just think it's so funny because, like, they're on edge. Right. You know, and he doesn't believe it at all. Right. So, which, of course, he gets his, his in the end, you know, because he toys with the The, the devil, yeah. Or he toys with the curse. But I thought that was really cool that they not only cracked the code, but they also changed the code so that they were going to die when they were 85 and 92. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to the uh, priest, or no, and then the priest tells them, that he can read the Latin in the code. And then they figure out it was a curse. Yes. And so he busts out books. And it, I thought it was so funny because in one of the scripture things, they, they show a guy with like a, a guy with a scroll and it's like the countdown. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought that was funny. I was well, like, oh, was that's it, What cute. was the story? It was like some guy like is goes to a gypsy, gypsy and the gypsy, to... gypsy tells him that he's going to die in a certain amount of time and he doesn't believe her. And then uh, he tries to avoid death and cheat death. And then uh, the demon goes after him and kills him anyway. Right. And so he's like, this is very similar to that story. Only this is like a more modern thing, which there was another movie called. Oh, fuck. What was that one? The Australian one where they. Right. Where they do the same thing, kind of. But they yeah. use like a Pokemon app where you got to catch like ghosts and demons. Right. And like it turns you into a demon by doing so. Right. Yeah. It was funny. Another killer app fucking movie or whatever. That's modern horror. (laughs) It's it's always going to be cheesy when it's like that. I mean, you can't really get around it too, too much. Right. How is, yeah. How are you going to make that scary? Yeah. It's either got to be prophetic and like so far out of like the realm of reality that (laughs) it's like artistic, like David Cronenberg, or it's going to be just schlocky, silly ridiculousness because we're not really, I mean, we all kind of ex- accepted our fates, I think, with like cell phones and stuff. Right. Because it's like, it's like that meme I always see. It's like back in 1940s or 50s, they're like, they pick up the phone. They're like, hey, this is, this phone's wiretapped. You know, don't, don't say anything you shouldn't say on it. And then the next pain, it's like, hello, right. wiretap. What, how do we make muffins? You know? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always think is funny. It's like. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, don't get in the cars with random strangers. Oh, here, let me get my Uber ready. Well, they do that in that other movie, too, that, that Spanish film that me and Brian Kendall watched yeah. for fucking Terrible Terror. Yeah. <laughs> the kids just get in a van with this, this old dude and go to a cemetery with him. Like <laughs> these little kids. I mean, we're talking like eight or nine. Oh, wow. Anyway. Uh, but yeah. Technology films is uh it's a really it's a tough Technology. one. What was that other movie that they tried to do that that uh that was like the girl it came out right after um or I think it was around the same time as Malignant and it was like an app or a phone or something and she goes out to a, a building and like time freezes and it's like this like virtual reality sort of thing. Oh, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It was like demon demon 2.0 or some shit like that. Mm, I don't remember. I can't remember. I don't know. 
failed miserably. It was terrible. Like nobody liked it at all whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's just, they tend to fail a little bit more and this one's not a terrible one. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, there's more to it. She, she thwarts the demon by jabbing herself with morphine until she dies. And then she gets Narcan put in her the arm sister, by her sister. Yeah, the sister's like, oh, she like drew Narcan on her arm. Yeah. To, sh- to shoot her up with it. Dude, she would be so sick if she yeah, woke she up. Yeah, she would have not have gotten up she like instantly. No way. No way. Like, there's no way. Can you imagine how you would feel like that if you woke up to that? Yeah, because I, you know, like I've, I've gotten alcohol ever. poisoning. That's what times. it would be like, you know. Yeah, it's it's not fun. It would be terrible. Like, yeah. You would be like Horrible. visibly looking like you're dead. Yeah. You know, you just died. Right. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Wouldn't be like fucking, uh, uh, what was that uh, movie that you always say you never watched or never liked by Tarantino? What, Pulp where, Fiction? Yeah, where they jab her in the chest. Oh, yeah. And she's like, <gasps> whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, oh but she gets a, that was adrenaline i don't even think they had narkin back then yeah i don't know what it yeah yeah it was adrenaline you gotta break through the chest plate so you're gonna like a stabbing motion fucking <laughs> <laughs> like eric eric uh eric i can't think of his name it was that heartthrob kid with the red hair he played the pothead in the movie mm-hmm. anyway yeah he was the boy who could fly no no he wasn't no he wasn't I mean, that's another kid. What am I thinking? He's not the boy he can fly. <laughs> but he almost played Marty in uh, Back to the Future. I can't think of his name. Eric, whatever. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway. So, yeah. Those are our two movies this week. Next week, we're going to be watching some gifts that were given to us as well. As a matter of fact, we have the last broadcast from 1998. The movie that beat... The Blair Witch Project to the theater. Oh, okay. But oh. didn't have the same amount of buzz. Because they didn't do marketing. Well, yeah, that's that's the key. Is yeah. They didn't have the same type of marketing. But who would think like that? That's just crazy. Well, obviously they did. Right. <laughs> so we're going to be watching this. Christina, you've seen The Blair Witch recently, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe we'll watch it again just to kind of brush up on it, just to see what we think compared to the broad, the last broadcast. Oh, okay. Because it hasn't aged very well oh the last broadcast or no the blair, blair Witch. Yeah, and honestly i kind of don't want to watch it again right well i'm just saying like <laughs> you know it might be kind of good because a lot of people do make the comparison of the two okay but we're gonna watch the last broadcast plenky just sent out a blu-ray to me um for it and uh yeah i want to check it out because i haven't seen it in a long time and it's on tubi right and he also sent us out poughkeepsie tapes back in the day that we never got around to reviewing. So full circle, we're going to watch that too. So it's yep. thank you, Plumkey fucking episode. He sent us out a bunch of movies. We're going to review it. By the way, if you guys ever want us to review any movies, we do have an Amazon wish list that you can buy stuff on, or you can hit us up and send it to us. Just let us know if you're going to send something to us and we'll figure out a way to get you a PO box or something, you know, to get you to get out here. So, mm-hmm. but uh Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check out our sponsor on the page if you're interested in trying to help out the podcast. It's actually really affordable and it helps us out. We're not dying for it, but, you know, it would help us for sure. So if you are considering getting a gift for somebody who's also a movieholic like us, maybe you might want to pick this up for them for super cheap with our discount. 
But uh, other than that, thank you guys so much for stopping by. We'll see you next week. And as always, long live the void.